folks. Here we go. It's time for the General Knowledge Podcast Season 6, Episode 4. And today I am joined with my compatriot, Andy. How you going, brother? Thanks for uh, coming on for a chat skis today. Appreciate it, mate. Um, going really, really good. Thanks, General. Yeah, everything's A1. No problems. Yeah, good to hear, man. We were just having a bit of a chat before we started recording about um, <laughs> about the craziness that is uh, my job and stuff. Because you mentioned, you know, you're you're just mowing your lawn at your own home. Oh, and you're doing um, another property as well, like once a week. And I'm like, yeah, man, like it's that's how crazy it is. And and you, you're sitting there, you're like, oh man, I feel sorry for Lee working in these <laughs> in these temperatures. <laughs> so true. Yeah, and I appreciate the thought, man. I can tell you now, like it's tough. Um, yeah, we're, like we're, we were mentioning before, it's um, you know, there's you, you you think your lawn looks bad after a week. Imagine the lawns I'm doing after three weeks. You know, like they're they're ridiculously bad, and uh, yeah, it's oh. crazy. That's what it's like here in Brisbane uh, at the moment, folks. Yeah, it's it's just growing insanely quick, isn't it, Andy? That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, it's it, there's there's three weeks, and then it then it's a really really big job, but Whereas winter time, it's like it's all it's all it's all like a normal type of growth. Yeah, but, not um, much growth. Yeah, plants and grass is growing very very quickly in this town at this time of the year with the season mm. that we've had. It's crazy. Yeah, definitely but, the busiest yeah. summer I've ever had. I think I said that before as well. Definitely the busiest summer. Like, mm. but think about it this way, Andy. Like normally, right now, this time of year, like cast your mind back when you walk outside on your lawn. It ain't wet and squishy. It's usually dry and crunchy this time of year because we've had fuck all rain usually, and it were like you know the, everything just dries up, and you walk and you're like, man, my lawn looks like grey and like you're yellowy dry. You know, like it's usually terrible, but this time of year, like now, holy crap, we're getting we get rain a couple of times a week, you know, and um, keeping everything very humid and moist and. With the with the usual summer temperatures we've been getting, holy crap! It's like the perfect growing conditions, you know. And, and what did what did they yeah. tell us we were supposed and to have, it's, Andy? It's very wet. Remember, remember <laughs> what the what the prediction we were supposed to have? Uh that the rain. We're in a like what do they call like an El Nino or something like that? Or yeah, it was one of them. It was either like La Nino a really or dry El Nino. Sort of one of them. Thing. They don't know. That's it, right. Yeah. Supposed to be, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just it almost was the, drought. Exactly the opposite. Yep. Like how how much did they get that wrong? Like seriously, it is. Yeah. Like from from their prediction of, and that's we're talking about the Bureau of Meteorology and all these other weather experts. You know, um, supposed to be very dry, no rain for months. Like, and they made this prediction what back in um, September, I think, wasn't it? Roughly back back then, last year. Saying, yep, it's yeah, going to be really, quite, really... late on last year. Yeah. It was, yeah. They're like, yep, dry summer, no rain, you know, be careful. It's going to be drought conditions, you know, fires. We were, They talked up, it could be lots of fires, and we were a bit worried about that. And it, it's literally been the the complete opposite here in, in Brisbane, southeast Queensland, or in general, actually. Like, I've even, we, yeah, you drive out west and stuff, and it's green everywhere. Like, there's no droughts at all. Everyone's getting rain. Dams are full, you know, it's... Good to see, but um, I hate when they get those predictions wrong. And you know what else came with those predictions, Andy? You've got farmers in our Darling Downs food bowl area, right? 
and even the ones on the range and the other side of the range and all these other these farmers out there that are producing the majority of food for, for Queensland and a lot of food for the rest of the country, they rely on these predictions for their planting and, you know, their stock and, you know, for the amount of cattle they think they can sustain and all this sort of stuff. And I've heard so many stories of them just like the farmers being so pissed off, man, that they got screwed over with this because they they were like, oh, shit, here we go. Oh, they're predicting no rain. You know, we're going to have bad crop yields because it's drought and all this sort of shit. So they didn't they held back on planting a lot of these people. Oh, and when them, really when, when summer rolled around and they realized we're getting this rain, that's when they were like, oh, shit, let's try and get shit in the ground. And a lot of them were like, yeah, we're just going to try and get stuff in the ground, you know, because it's it's the best conditions for it, you know. Um, so yeah. I think they're going to be either a bit late to the party or, you know, seasonally, hopefully they can get the crops get the crops in the right time. But uh, And I reckon that's affected prices a lot too, you know, especially at the start of the season when people were like, you know, um, yeah, there's not, there's not going to be much food around, you know, so the fruit, bit, of, bit of artificial fruit, scarcity. The fruit and veg prices, like you would know with a family, um, are absolutely out of control. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I think it's related to that stuff, Sorry. man, because they fucked up their predictions, so. you know. Yeah, well, um, and you notice too that a lot of like the language in a lot of these bomb reports, because I sort of get into like weather, like I, I read into it, and it's always like, you know, comments about, you know, the climate change and stuff is always put into it as well. Like they're fully, fully oh, yeah. endorsed and signed up for the whole climate change BS, like, you know, these weather guys and stuff. So, you know, and, and in my experience, because I, I just, you know, like I always have to look at the weather before we fly or do something like that. Like of course. it's absolutely pointless looking at weather more than 24 hours away. Like if you've got an event for 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, there's zero point in looking at it like two days prior or anything like that because it is absolute nonsense. It's never the, it's never right. It's just, it's so, it's such a spitball. It's, it's just, it's not worth looking at it at all. So, um, you know. Yeah, and, and the only thing I can rely on is Brisbane airport the um weather for their heavy jets really that's the only thing i can rely on for weather and that's and that's probably about 15 hours before an actual date or time everything Fire else out. is just nonsense absolute nonsense yeah you really can't because i i do the same thing because obviously i try to try and plan jobs and you know, look at what my week is is happening uh, on certain days and things. Because every day I've got is it's full. I've got no availability of of any sort whatsoever. Like I t I turn away that many jobs. People walk up to me in the street, be like, you know, oh, I like what you do. Can you can you give me a quote? I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to stop you right there. Sorry, mate, I've got no availability. You know, so I try and plan my week ahead. You know, I've got all my jobs booked in for sort of two weeks ahead of time. But I'm and every every evening before bed, I'm constantly looking at the, what the weather's doing. You know, I'm like, shit, am I going to get rained out today? Can I, you know, have I got any, you know, room to? I've got no room to move jobs, to be honest. I'm like, you know, like last, not the Friday just gone, but the Friday before. You know, I woke up in the morning because I I messaged all my clients the the night before, going about five o'clock in the afternoon, going, yep, I'll be back tomorrow. That's what I do. I'm like, yep, back tomorrow, back tomorrow, back tomorrow. And they're all like, no worries, see you then. 
I looked at the weather and was like, oh, it was. It said something like um, uh, showers, uh, like possible showers, maybe five to ten mil or something. I was like, oh, okay, all right, we'll, we'll just play it by ear. I'm thinking, you know, I might have to sit in the truck and wait for a shower or two to pass over for half hour or something, you know, and I'll get stuck back into it, which happens all the time this season. And then I woke up in the morning and it was, it was like four o'clock in the morning. There's like rain. I'm like, oh, okay. I looked at the quickly looked at the bomb on the map, the weather radar, and it was just nothing but, but cloud and rain coming all the way across southeast Queensland. I'm going, oh, well, they got that fucking wrong, didn't they? Like, <laughs> it was just, and it rained until like one o'clock that afternoon. It was just constant all day. I'm like, well, yeah. that's that screwed me over, didn't it? You know, <laughs> I just can't get anything right. Like, it's. it's and like I know it's a, it's a hard science right? to master, but anyway, go. Yeah. Uh, it is. It, look, it sometimes is, but like, how's this for a description? Like, possible showers in the morning and afternoon, right? If you think about that for a second, like, that's just covering your ass. Like, <laughs> it's just like, gives you no information at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and they say that, like, every day, but possible it, showers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possible showers in the morning or the afternoon. <laughs> and Billy, and Billy were laughing about that the other day. What's the point in you yeah. doing a forecast when you can't when when you can't give us sort of you know any kind of accuracy? Like it's a possibility of a shower all day. <laughs> <laughs> It's like those guys, like they make fun of him TV shows and movies with the delivery guy. I'll be there between nine a.m. and five p.m. tomorrow. You know, like, <laughs> oh, so the entire business thing, right. I'm going to wait around for you to maybe turn up. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah it's the same. I can thing. kind it's, of it's... understand it, especially the way traffic is these days. I mean, I, I think it would if you had a truck full of parcels that you got to deliver, you know, one hundred and fifty boxes during the day, and I reckon it would be hard to predict how you know, out of all of those deliveries that you, what time you're going to get yours, what time he's actually going to get around to it. Oh, for sure. You know, so I, I kind of, I kind of get that, but like the meteorological, like you sort of, you know, you've got all these weather charts and stuff, all these computers and all of these guys all around the country, all that can sort of put in their data and stuff. And I thought they would be able to get it, you know, a little bit better. And it doesn't seem like the aviation guys talk to the general weather guys either because <laughs> they're often completely different forecasts for what's happening with, you know, airports as well as these for general weather forecasts. <laughs> yeah. You know, anyway. Yeah, I know. It's tough. Uh, like, I admit it. Like, it's not – you'd hate to be the guy that has to write this up and send it out to the apps and the news and all this sort of stuff. Like, you're the guy that's putting this out there. Like – that's a, that's a lot of responsibility, you know, and uh, you're, obviously you're being fed information from, you know, multiple sources. That's, And then, yeah. you know, then what happens? Uh, yeah, you're completely wrong. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, think, I think that's why they do. They use that kind of language, like possible shower in the morning or the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. It's like typical government procedure, ass covering all the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> You know, well, I yeah. only said possibility. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Well, yeah, I sent um, sent some stuff to uh, to you and Ethan just recently. I think Ethan did a bit of a write up on it too. Um, speaking about uh, you know technology and stuff, and it was 
because obviously we, we've covered it a lot on the show. We, you know, we'll switch gears a little bit here because we'll get down to a bit of the nitty gritty stuff. But smart cities, you know, we've covered this multiple times on this podcast. You know, Ethan's written about it many times as well. Um, and I'll bring up shortly uh, one of the uh, most recent articles about it um, because Ethan and I dropped, you know, some information uh, a couple of, Jesus, I think it was last, I'm sure it was last season, where um, down in Sydney, Western Sydney, they've decided to build a 30-minute a 30 city with a 15-minute neighbourhoods uh, called Bradfield City or Bradfield City Centre out in Western Sydney area. And, of course, when we looked at the maps, it just so happened to align that that was very, very close to where Clara, the um, conglomerate, was talking about building these high-speed rail networks, you know, these smart cities along these networks. And we were like, oh, isn't that, isn't that a coincidence? They've, they've decided to put this Bradfield city centre, smart city, 30-minute neighbourhood, blah, 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 very close if not at the same location of where all this was happening. Um, and of course, back in the day when we talked about all the fires that were happening, Andy, remember, remember those episodes, of course, yeah. and how all those yeah. fires just happened to coincide with the exact same towns and areas where all these Clara uh, high-speed rail smart city uh, areas were being determined. So it's, yeah, it's all, it's all happening. It's moving forward. And now, of course, you know, um, the information, of course, then came out saying, yep, New South Wales government has announced its commitment to reinventing city life uh, through the idea of 30-minute cities with 15-minute neighbourhoods, the launch of Bradfield City Centre. It will <clears throat> it will be cyber-smart and digitally-led city with commercial and community facilities, decentralising work, shopping and leisure activities. Um, and you can do these submissions for their master plan which closed on the 4th of March, 2024. So not very far away, only a few days away. So this is happening, you know what I mean? Like they're going headstrong with all this, the smart city agenda. Um, it's the wave of the future. This is what's happening. Um, yeah. And so I'll, I'll just bring up the article now. I'm just over at TOTG News. Give me one second and I'll, I'll punch this up. Uh, and of course, this obviously then coincides with other smart cities that they've got planned for even our region, which I'll get into shortly, Bradfield City. Type that in the TOTT News search bar. And here we go. Let me just, I'll do the screen share here for the, uh, for the members that are viewing. Pick the right one. There we go. Just let me know when you can see that, Andy, so I know it's sharing. Yeah, got it loud and clear. All right, you've got that one. Beautiful. Okay, so Sydney's first 30-minute smart city is almost here. This is the articles over at TOTT News. Um, so he's got a few here with regards to the um, smart city, but let me just click on the first one here. Again, links will be in the show notes, of course, for uh, all the listeners, if you'd like to go and check these out. <clears throat> Hopefully you're all subscribed anyway, and Ethan would have sent these to you via email. Here we go. Bradfield City Centre, Australia's first ever 30-minute <clears throat> city, will be built in the heart of Western Sydney, and the draft master plan has now been released. 
Here we go. New South Wales Department of Planning, Housing and Infrastructure has released the draft Bradfield City Centre Master Plan for Public Exhibition prepared for the Western Parkland City Authority. Got to love these these names, eh? It's not a, you know, it's the, it's the Western Parkland City Authority. You know, it's like the, uh, what was it in New York? They've got the, the Port Authority. They've got these authorities that have these controls in these areas for some reason. They've got, you know, uh, all this power, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's the real. Yeah, it's like they've given this this um, commercial business and uh, uh, the title of an authority. You know what I mean? Like things have to go through yeah. them to be to be you know, approved and shit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> here we go. So Western Sydney's Bradfield City Centre Master Plan with a framework for future development. The plan outlines a staged approach over two million square meters of development across the city center behind the western sydney international airport yep so this is pretty much exactly what we talked about on a previous show we did say when we were looking at the maps if anyone wants to i'll try and dig up that episode and i'll attach it in the show notes as well so people can uh let me just make a note of that find show re bradfield okay Otherwise, I'll fucking forget. Because um, we talked about, oh, there's an airport out there, and like, if there's ever going to be a smart city somewhere that they're going to do, it's going to, it's got to be in this area. Like, there's a bit of land here at the base of, you know, the mountains. There, there's, there's a whole bunch of, you know, probably all ex farmland that they've already bought up, which obviously they have. Yeah, they would have been buying this up for quite some time, buying our properties, or they would have had some fires go through there as well, most likely. Um, and that's where exactly where it is. It's where the airport is because it's got to be near that sort of infrastructure. You know, it's got to be near either rail or or air transportation stuff. And here we go. Backed by uh, here we go. Uh, construction is already underway. The finalization plan finalization plan uh, is anticipated by mid twenty twenty four. Backed by more than one billion dollars investment from the New South Wales government, the development is poised to unlock billions more in private investment, mostly from biotech and Wall Street industries. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? Wow exactly what we need got some little uh images of what it's going to look like you know do these um computer generated oh this is our lovely town center look at the artwork look at all green spaces oh isn't it awesome meanwhile you're being tracked and traced the whole time but we'll get into that <clears throat> excuse me uh the prime minister also outlined ongoing plans to extend public transport links including a potential metro line extension to the macarthur region and the southwest growth corridor of sydney <clears throat> As the discussion unfolds, <clears throat> oh, hang on, I'm going to clear my throat here. <clears throat> Goodness me. Uh, Alban, Albanese, our Prime Minister, touched on the significance of Kingswood Smith Airport and its continued operation alongside the new Western Sydney Airport. We first warned of this plan in 2022 when it was announced as a vision for the very first time, back when the land was designated for what they described as the smart city for the 22nd century. So there you go. So two years ago, they've been thinking about this. I wonder if that's when we were um, talking about it. Might have to go back a bit. Uh, uh, he's got another article linked there, Western Sydney to become smart city for the 22nd century. Over time, however, Bradfield city centre is now being labelled as a 30-minute city, which means that you can hop on public transport and access everything the CBD has to offer inside that time frame. Spread across 144 acres, it is set to be five times the size of uh, Barangaroo and includes several commercial and community facilities, including retail, commercial, uh, sorry, cultural hubs and sprawling smart green spaces. 
Why do they have to be smart green spaces? Wow. Remember what SMART stands for? So, so wrong. Yeah, I do. Um, is it self-monitoring and reporting technology? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Perfect, yes. Yeah. Um, so with a focus on digitally-led cyber-smart developments, the city promises to be a prime destination for tourism and entertainment. But as we see it, the first step towards a very weird dystopia. Absolutely, Ethan. Of course, sustainability will be at the heart of the new project with a strong focus on environmental design, including car-free streets connected to world-class transport. Sydney has already spent the last two years upgrading existing infrastructure with smart city technology as a part of the smart city strategic framework. And they've got all these white papers, you know, these all this strategic infrastructure, which is all basically tracked back to the UN development stuff too, by the way. Yeah. The Bradfield City Centre master plan is now open for community feedback, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to worry about that. Um, smart City Australia, here we go. The Australian government committed to a smart cities plan in 2019. The document set out the government's vision for productive and livable cities that encourage innovation and growth. Australia is building smart city infrastructure. Another article linked to there. From Brisbane to Melbourne, Sydney and Newcastle, Perth and Canberra, and even in Darwin, massive infrastructure projects grants were introduced for business businesses to do help innovate and adopt. Another article link, Lord Mayor dismisses smart city conspiracy theorists. We might actually check out that one next, actually. Um, $50 million fund was launched for 52 smart city initiatives allocated across all states and territories. 52 smart cities, Andy. Wow. Um, supporting the delivery of innovative city projects that improve the livability and productivity and sustainability of cities and towns across Australia. Over time, local government and private bodies became actively engaged in pilot projects. Another article linked there as well. In September, Greater Geelong was awarded one, so we've got a head you know, International Smart City of the Year, International Smart City of the Year for the city of Greater Geelong. Wow. Um, world's smartest AI traffic management system was launched in Melbourne. Just recently, a new tender emerged uh, for an offence detection system in Brisbane as these 30-minute ghettos will merge heavily with biometric monitoring and data collection. That's actually an article we'll be looking at shortly as well. I've got that on my list. Things have developed so much that Five Eyes Nations recently advised communities considering becoming smart cities to assess and mitigate the cybersecurity risks that come with the technology. Five Eyes Nations released new guidance on smart city cybersecurity. He's got a link to it there as well. Best practices. Cybersecurity Best Practices for Smart Cities, published April 19, 2023. You can check out these links in the article, folks. Again, that'll be in the show notes. The guide focuses on three areas, secure planning, design, proactive supply chain, risk management, and operational resilience. What makes smart cities attractive to attackers is the data being collected and processed. No shit. That is exactly what it's all about. The amount of, just think, we'll just pause there. Just think about that sentence alone, Andy. What makes smart cities attractive to attackers is the data being collected and processed. Now, as we as we saw, smart obviously the smart is an is an um, acronym. Self monitoring reporting technology. So, all of these things, it's going to be cameras on every pole, sensors on every pole, um, you know, uh, wireless tech 
on every poll. As in, I'm, when I say every poll, I mean every light poll, all this sort of stuff. And and uh, I'll prove that with uh, one of the documents we'll show very shortly with what they've got planned from Maruchidor. Um, but there you go. That's what it's about, Andy. So all of it is is data driven, right? Now, what is it that and I, and I you know hackers in inverted co in quote, quote, quotation marks? What is it they're after? All hackers are after data, all right? Data it's is like data, yeah. oil. It's like gold, isn't it? It's such a commodity. They want all the data, all right? Data is, like I said, it is it is like as as wealthy, uh, sorry, as um, uh, as valuable as gold, folks. Um, yeah, I think, well, I'm sure we've even, Ethan may have even mentioned it on a show, data is the new oil. I'm pretty sure he may have actually said that or someone else said that on, on a previous show many many shows ago. And it's so true, all right? You think about all the data, like they are tracking everything. And we'll just use China as the example, right, Andy? What have we seen coming out of China? We see the social credit system, right? We see all the, not, not just facial recognition stuff, right? They can track a person in China right now, today, by the way you walk, like the, the gait in your step is apparently as unique to you almost as a fingerprint. So the way they can track how you walk, they don't even need to look at your face. I mean, obviously they will see your face eventually with that many cameras that they've got. You know, it's the, one of the most surveilled um, populations on earth. Um, you know, there's, there's just that many cameras everywhere. You Like if you jaywalk across the road, the camera will see that it was you, identify you, they will deduct money a fine for jaywalking off your out of your account before you've even finished crossing the road and your social credit score will then be lowered before you've even hit the other side of the pavement like that's that's the just very dystopic view of where this can go here in australia and imagine the data imagine imagine hacking like the chinese data andy you imagine how valuable that is to to people like the cia and all these you know, these intelligence agencies, um, NSA, you know, that, that, that want to grab, grab, get this data and have all this data, you know. Imagine if when when they have these smart cities here in Australia, Andy, how much of this same type of data that they'll be able to collect, like you're, everyone's walking around with a device in their pocket, it'll be identified, it'll be tracked to you, they know it's you, it's pinging off everything, it's yeah, you know, every time you get to a new pole, they know where you're walking, how fast you're walking there, or why you're walking so fast. You know, like they'll 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 know everything. And then, um, like we said, they can fine you for simply walking across the road, right? Let's just quickly jump over to this other article Ethan put up that um, he shared with us in our in our little chat. Social credit, Brisbane's offence detection system tender. A new tender emerged recently for an offence detection system in Brisbane, which sounds strikingly familiar to some of the surveillance mechanism used as part of China's social credit nightmare. Just like we were just talking about, Andy, right? This is insane. It's literally insane. So you got to think of it from their point of view, right? If you're the one creating these smart cities with all these people in them, there's that much data available to you, you know. If again, put yourself in their shoes, right? They want to they want to leverage that data in some way, right? So how do they leverage it? Well, they leverage it with, like, how can they make money off it? Like, it's 
it's it's a commodity. It's valuable commodity. This data. So how can they make money off it? Well, here's here's one of the reasons. Here's one of the ways they're going to start to make money off it with this offence detection system. So um, we'll go through that in just a minute. But isn't that? I'll just to throw to you, Andy, just just quickly now, so you can see where it's heading. Like I said, just back on that Bradfield one. Yeah, they're already talking about the cybersecurity best practices. You know, from the Five Eyes nation. So these are the big tech nations, the big the big spying nations that know all about this sort of stuff. And there's they're also saying, you know, if you have a smart city, it's very attractive to attackers. You know, your hackers wanting to get access to this stuff. <laughs> Just giving your thoughts yeah, on that so far. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, from a business point of view, like if you can. I don't know, let's just take mobile phones, for example. So let's just say, you know, we've got complete surveillance on everything that you say, everything that you type online, any of your external conversations to your girlfriend or your wife or whatever. Um, you know, let's just say there's a new Samsung phone coming out like next week or something like that. They'll have the data on how many cust potential customers are going to be in the market for that phone before it's even released. They'll know down to the number, right? So how valuable mm -hmm. would that be to say someone like Harvey Norman, right? Mm -hmm. How much will they pay for that data and where the customers are and who the customers are and their basically or their, their email or the social media profiles that they can then market to? How valuable would that be to anyone in business, right? It's mm -hmm. worth it's worth literally millions. So you can basically control or have the knowledge of of people's thoughts before they've really like actually brought it into their physical being. You'll know in advance using supercomputers and AI when people will be ready to buy, how many people would be, what products they actually want, when, where, why, and how, and actually be able to. Like have the shelves ready, have the target marketing and everything all good to go well in advance. <laughs> Anyone with that kind of like intelligence and that kind of like information for other people who are in business like that want to trade with those people, it's it's invaluable. You know, it so advertising in the sense of people seeing an advertisement that you're that you're trying to get out there to the masses there has become obsolete now it's now it's very very targeted stuff um and 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 i think these smart cities sort of segue into all of that because the more condensed people are then the more data you can collect and the more centralized your your stores can be and you know just just capture everything basically and vanguard and blackrock will win again of course <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know that's on the surface level i can see how that is but like on, on a deeper level you'll be able to get the mood of the people you know you'll be able to understand well before the uh, election's finished who who the people are wanting to vote for who what's po popular you know nationalism or socialism you know wh wh what you can get away with well in advance, you know, um, mm. and and we seen we seen with the whole scandemic too. Like, you know, th these people know what they can get away with. They can they can read the mood of the people through social media, you know, collectively, and 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 it's the, the game's 
the game's like gamed well in advance. So, um, oh, yeah, you know, like if if you want to live in that kind of thing where where everything's just laid out for you, then well, you're welcome. But yeah, it's certainly certainly not not for the likes of me and you and many of our listeners either. And and therein lies the rub, Andy, because I. I think I mentioned this again also on a previous show and I was chatting to about it a little bit in my Telegram group with some of the, uh, the listeners. <clears throat> They're not going to – like they'll make it attractive, right? They'll make it – because they, they do have to build new cities. That's just how it is. They, there's more and more people, you know, there's influx of immigration, blah, blah, blah. They've got, they've got to build new places to live and all this sort of stuff. And, of course, devil's advocate, you're not going to build – you know, if you're a developer, you're not going to build a very old-style hodgepodge kind of new town or city. You're going to do it, you know, a new way. You know, you're going to have new technology. You know, this is just what they do, right? Every It's just part of moving forward in terms of, you know, progress and stuff, that you're going to have new, new ways of building, you're going to have new architecture, you're going to have new, like I said, new technology put in place. Like, that's just how it's going to be, right? So... All of the existing places where we all live, you know, they're not going to go, well, you can't live here anymore. We're going to move you into the new smart city and you can't say anything about it. We'll pay you out for your house, whatever, or, or not, you know, whatever it is. That's not going to happen. The new smart cities will be built and they'll be there as a prime example of how, how where not to live for us who, who are aware of this stuff. Um but what they're going to do with the rest of the cities that are around us is they're going to build the prison walls up around us, mate. We're not going to be moved off to these prison cities, mate. The prison cities will be built up around us because they've got no other choice. They have to, that's what they're going to do. So they're going to upgrade existing infrastructure in the places where we live. They will then put in what we call geo-fenced areas. Again, we'll throw to that shortly when we bring up some of the new information. Um, so basically, geo-fencing is like a, you know, there's no actual border or fence. It's a, a virtual fence, right? So it's, you know, uh, a, geo, a geo area. So it's got an actual physical area where it's going to be monitored and things that we monitor coming in and out of. But it's all done, obviously, things like with cameras and wireless activity and all this sort of stuff. So they're tracking and tracing everything coming in and out of those, those areas, which are – and those areas which we're in now, like, for example, like it could be where I'm in Browns Plains, could be Browns Plains, you know, Logan Central, Marsden, um, Slacks Creek, Daisy Hill. You know, they'll, they'll have like a group of suburbs and that's your 15-minute city, Andy. You know, yours could be sort of Logan Home, Shaler Park – um what's what's further west of you east of you um like Tanamera, carbrook yeah that'll be your you know so that'll be your 15 minute city over there because you know obviously brisbane and these areas all these other existing areas are very spread out areas so they're going to have to build up these little geo areas these geo fenced little smart city areas with everything in them within 15 to 30 minutes areas <clears throat> and that's your you're in an existing smart city. They put up all the cameras, they put up all the detection, everything around you will then be tracked and traced within that little 30-minute area. You don't need to go outside of that area. Why are you going outside that area, Andy? You don't need to. You can go and do your work wirelessly. You got a, You need to go to a hospital. We've built a little hospital there you can go to. 
Oh, you need to go to the shops. All your shops, you've got the Logan Hyperdome. There's your big shopping center. You know, um, you've got everything you need there. You don't need to go outside of your 15-minute city, Andy. Why? Are you, well, you're going outside of it. We're going to have to send you a fine, Andy. Okay, your social credit score will now be dropped a little bit lower because you've gone outside of your area for um, something that you think you need, which already exists in the area you're in. Yeah, this is where it's going. All right, so let's just quickly move on to this one now. So again, this is over at Ethan's TOTT New Social Credit Brisbane's Offence Detection System Tender. A very interesting tender was recently submitted on behalf of the Brisbane City Council. The tender in question was labelled Offence Detection System. And the description of the Orwellian proposal sounds very much like the makings of a social credit system infrastructure. The submission states that council compliance officers, and let me just quickly throw back to the screen share here because it's just me. Let me know when you've got that. Can you see that, Andy? All good, mate. I, I can yep, see exactly. that. Yes. I was going to make sure. Um, okay, so this, <clears throat> the submission states that council compliance officers would be provided with a centralised cloud-based system that uses advanced artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities to detect a variety of non-compliant activities occurring in the Brisbane area. And here's a screenshot of the tender right now. I'll just go through a little bit of it here. Council is seeking proposals for an offence detection system that will provide council compliance officers with a centralised cloud-based system that uses advanced artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities to detect a variety of non-compliant activities occurring in the Brisbane area. These could range from illegal parking, building work and footpath activities, footway trip hazards, noise complaints, illegal dumping to graffiti, and are detected through different methods such as vehicle-mounted cameras, stationary cameras, satellite imagery, decibel meters, and more. <clears throat> Council requires a streamlined capability to detect non-compliant activity within its boundaries to meet the objectives outlined in Brisbane, in the Brisbane vision, our accessible connected city strategy. So there for detailed information, blah, 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 and there's a little contact information there. I, um, what's, the, what's a decibel meter, do you know? Well, that's to detect noise levels. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. all right. So, if you're going to have decibel meters, well, how would you implement that? Well, you'd put that on all your light poles in all the streets and the power poles. You know, you'd be sticking those on, not just upgrading the 5G wireless, you know, um, microwave transmitters. They'll be putting decibel meters they'll be putting cameras you know all these things to monitor all these things all right that are in this sort of tender this and so they can detect offenses to that system you know what i mean like this is where it's going they're already going well we're going to have smart city stuff we want to we want to work out how to detect offenses so we can find people you know what i mean like that's that's what it's come down yeah. to this is this is like a, a you know this is the other side of the look how wonderful our, our beautiful digital smart city is oh you've done something wrong here's our defense detection system to come down hard on you you know like it's fucking crazy yeah. you know, obviously if you've got one side you've got to have the other um it states that the system could allow for non-compliant activities such as illegal parking footpath activities and graffiti to be detected via satellite imagery decibel meters and mounted cameras Brisbane City, which has already transformed into a 5G-driven smart city dystopia. He's got a link to an article there. Seems like they want to use advancements in AI to further enhance their surveillance state. 
what exactly would monitoring footpath activities involve? Could it be that someone has, say, crossed the street without waiting for a light to go green, as in jaywalking? Like we mentioned before, in China, their mammoth social credit system is like an all-seeing big brother system powered by millions of facial recognition cameras and biometric identifications, where citizens are publicly shamed and can have points deducted for, you guessed it, crossing the street illegally, just like we mentioned before. And here you can see on the screen here, China's shaming for foot uh, for crossing the road illegally is enough to put anyone off. So they got actually they actually put you up on a screen. So yep, here you go. These are the people. They just jaywalked and they get they get fined and they get publicly shamed. Something about this tender didn't sit right with me. <clears throat> this is Ethan speaking. But just a week after being put up on the website, it was withdrawn from open application. The reason for the withdrawal being. Brisbane City Council's existing contract has been extended to 2025. That's it. This explanation doesn't tell us if it was accepted or rejected, or if the system could be adopted after that date, or if the extension of the contract has included this proposal. Regardless, one thing is perfectly clear. The Brisbane City Council want to streamline their surveillance system by using artificial intelligence inside of their smart city. No non-compliance will be tolerated. For years now, the West has been at threat of introduction of the Chinese-style system here at home. Now we start to see social credit system infrastructure wording begin to appear in the public sphere. Um, Brisbane Airport, he's got some other article links here. Brisbane Airport develops intelligent CCTV technology. Uh, Australia is building smart city infrastructure, again, linking to the ones we've seen. Social credit, Centrelink, JobSinker, overhaul with new point-based system. We talked about that on a previous episode. Lots of uh, other articles linked there as well. Little video there that he's put up as well. Interesting article, again, link in the show notes there. But all right, so let's, I'll just move on. I'll just um, throw this up to uh, my computer because I've got it saved on my phone right now. Uh, but I'll just quickly get your thoughts on that, uh, Andy, of this you know, Brisbane tendering a offence detection system, mate. Well, I look for this other stuff. Well, we you know, it's it's just it's just the predictable steps in the direction that we've been talking about for the last few years, isn't it? Um, mm. It's just there's there's just no off switch to this thing, um, and I don't think that people really uh, understand it. Nor, nor they care out there at the moment. That's the sad thing, and it's and it's drip, drip, drip type of type of like technology where you know it's it's cooking the frog type stuff, isn't it? You know yeah, where they can frog syndrome, yeah. roll, it, roll this out. Um, look, you know, and just everyone's so addicted to their phones now. Like you know the the, the whole data things through phones and everything and, and the whole way of it. But I just, I think that's, I think it's just heading there, General. I really do. I just, I, I think that society, um, Australian society, no different. I think we have to be kicked in the teeth before we sort of realise, you know, like what's happening to us. Um, you know, no one sees the school bully like coming coming from the you know from the from the tuck shop over to you know where we're sitting like they have to wait till that school bully smacks us in the face before we sort of do anything mm. and i just 
Look, it's just it just feels to me that like you know we ha we have to go through this sort of thing, um, and it's and it always seems to be like a testing ground, you know, like like testing for this, testing for that. And there's a lot of the public that really like this sort of crap, you know, like they just, do. That's the thing. You know, like, You're right. There's, just, an, there's an element of people that love this tech stuff. I know. I know. They just, and I think that every generation that comes through, you know, like, like your kids, when, when your kids have kids, they'll love it. They won't think of a world anything different from it. So, you know, like in a space of 50 years, I think, it, you know, it's just feeling to me like game, set and match. You know, the technology in place or the plans will be in place. It'll just, it, it'll roll out. And people like you and me will be just, you know, I don't know, we'll just be on the fringe somewhere. Um, that's how I see it, you know. Uh, that's mm. that's how I that's see, that's part, how I see it rolling yeah. out. It is the scary part, but you know, like it's just if the people themselves can't push back or the people can't loudly and collectively say no, then of course they get away with it. You know, like um, mm. so. Um, sorry to be so negative, general, but like I, that's just how I see it unfolding. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, and well, it's all not of negative. This AI, it's, it's realistic, uh, mate. Yeah, all of this AI stuff, like like we were saying just before, they can they can work it out. They're modelling and stuff on how people are thinking, how they're communicating, how they're talking to each other, the conversations mm -hmm. in the room from other people, and that. Put that mm -hmm. in a like a massive supercomputer AI thing there, and they can they can say within the year. I think they can. You know, I, my belief is that they could say. In 20, I don't know, say 2032, we'll have complete dominance all over these people and we'll be able to do X, Y, and Z. And there is no, like, question to that at all. And that's how I think they look at it and that's how they can make their plans and then they know exactly what they can get away with and how long it will take and it's all very scripted. And if they need to speed up time a little bit, they'll just put the the programs to influence the influencer programs in there and they'll just like bring people's minds in, onto the right bearing that they that they want and because they're all everyone's just glued to these friggin digital devices man they can just change how they they can change society and they can change how you think they can change the the mood of the people they can they can bring it all around and that's just your reality that we live in yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the the only thing, um, the only pushback I've really seen with the onset of this sort of, you know, this technology, and again they they mask it with the whole green initiative too. Remember over in uh, England in Oxford and stuff, they've got those um, low emission zones, the ULES, those ULES zones over yeah. in uh, yep. So they've got the cameras monitoring traffic coming in and out of, I think it's Oxford in those whatever the you know that di district is and if you're in there or if you're in there when you shouldn't be you get a fine like they'll fine you and you've got to pay it um however many pounds a day or whatever it is you know like it's fucking ridiculous so the only pushback to that is there's there's those vigilante groups going around with a you know cordless drill you know, undoing them and <laughs> stealing all the cameras yes. and going yeah like we're going to make you pay 
over and over and over again for all these cameras you're going to we're going to keep you're going to keep on we're going to keep taking them down or we're going to destroy them or we're going to spray spray paint them or we're going to just you know they're going to fuck them up in some way or another to make them useless so that people aren't getting fined because they don't want them but the people don't want these things in their areas like and these initiatives are being like i said being driven because of the green agenda and the green agenda is of course being handed down via the un and stuff as well so it's a very global government it goes all the way to the top this stuff you know and this is this this smart city things that we're seeing now is the implementation of that agenda you know right now this is what we're seeing like they, like if that's the direction they're going they've got their marching orders coming down you can't just build a new area and not have smart city infrastructure in it but basically the rule is if you build a new development area it's got to be a smart area you know it's got to be monitored tracked and traced to the nth degree um all right so let's i'll go back to screen share here the climate change agenda on all of that like is very very powerful these councils the governments too you know exactly um, they're, they're saving the planet mate <laughs> uh, all right here we go so let me just bring up the right okay so hopefully you can see this yeah yeah okay so this is the a white paper. So up at uh, Maroochydore area in Sunshine Coast in Queensland, um, in order to download the white paper, you had to sort of, you know, give him your name and an email address and stuff, and and then just they'll allow you to download the white paper. But I, um, yeah, it was Elon Musk that downloaded this for me apparently with his email address. <laughs> so I didn't put in my details, of course. So I just put, <laughs> I just made up some shit. Yeah. Um, there we go. So testing tech in paradise. Oh, you got to love the terminology right there. That actually annoys me, to be honest, the white paper. Testing tech in paradise. All right. So I've read this thing, right? Basically just going on about how we've got this new commercial um, area uh, in Maroochydore city centre sort of thing where they're going to build, you know, there's new streets, new commercial properties there's I, don't, I haven't seen any talk of residential stuff it's all just commercial things so where you go to work you know at a business and stuff it could be a tech company could be whatever um they've mapped out how you come into the place you know talking about so the the submarine cables obviously i'm on the board with whole satellites aren't actually real well if there are satellites they're just balloons that are floating around but all the data that transmission that goes around the world is all done by undersea cables. It's not done by satellites, as we know. There's undersea cables connecting everything. And there's a submarine cable that's connected to Asia, US, and Sydney that comes in close to where Maruchidor is. So that's why one of the reasons in terms of latency, like uh, lag, you know, high-speed connections and stuff, that's why they wanted to, to start this little one just up here so they can boast about how, how awesome the speed of this, this technology is because there's um, an entry point here right where the smart city is from the uh, from the submarine cable very close by um they talk about wi-fi 6 and LoRaWAN wireless networks i had to look up what that was i uh, didn't actually know what the terminology for LoRaWAN wireless network is but it stands uh for uh, Laura WAN, it's actually a registered trademark, is a LPW, sorry, LP WAN protocol designed to connect battery operated things to the internet. 
i.e. Internet of Things, right? Um, in regional, national, or global networks. So it's a, it's a low power, wide area networking protocol. So they can wirelessly connect battery operated devices to the internet in regional, national, or global networks and targets key internet of things requirements, such as bi-directional communication, end-to-end -end encryption, blah, blah, blah. So it's just basically the protocol they're gonna be using to connect all of the internet of things. So everything will be connected to the internet. Remember, they're even trying to develop clothing with connect, you know, connectivity, right? So chips and things in clothing, obviously everyone's carrying around their chip in their pocket in the smartphone. Yeah, but everything else will be chipped and connected as well. Um, My first thoughts, General, just quickly. How, sure. you know, how, what kind of humans are we going to have when when this is really rolled out? What kind of, like, happiness level or, you know, satisfied life are, are people going to be living when, living like this, you know, in the, in this toxic, you know, Wi-Fi soup. Mm. Imagine the 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 IMF, IMF, um, the radiation. Not IMF. Yeah. What is it? Um, EMF, electromagnetic EMF, yeah. frequency radiation. Imagine the EMF bathing you day after day in this sort of stuff. Like you, you wouldn't be able to escape from. It. it would be absolutely messing with you as a as an organic human being, as a biological entity. You know, like it. This stuff we know it interferes with people. If the science has been done, they know it fucks with people. But forget that. Yeah. Just move forward. You know, like far out. You're right. But just imagine. I, I just think that they are, you're just breeding society of of just miserable people. Yeah. yeah going forward, right. like just like freaking zombies. You know, like glued to tech. All it's all about tech. Having someone else think for you, like a mm -hmm. like a government, is the worst thing. And, like, there's no nature, there's no love, there's no animals, there's no, you know, like, grass or, or forest areas, there's no running, you know, like, like streams or nature things. It's just buildings and, more, like, malls, basically, and tech. Like... <laughs> I mean, humans will, in, in that kind of environment, humans will quickly destroy themselves, you know. Like, it's, it's, it's the only way, it's the only thing that you, you can't thrive as a species living no. in a cage like that, you know. No, that's right. It, it's just, and maybe that's the master plan with the whole thing, really. That's right. You know? that's, yeah, mate, you just hit the nail on the head. It's, 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 that's the design. That's where they're going with it. Um. All right, so I've got some. This is in the white paper. I'll um, don't know if I can get a link to this, but it is available on their on their on their website if you want to grab a hold of this as well. But just showing you the types of technology that they've got available, how it's going to work. Um, MCC means Maroochydore City Centre. We've got Sunshine Coast Council is SCC for some of these terminologies here. But just showing you all, they're going to connect everything. And notice here, let me just zoom in. What are, what are these pictures, Andy? These are light poles, aren't they? And this is what they're, they're planning to do, using the light poles in the area as their little router type, you know, um, 
things for the for the LoRa, the Wi-Fi six, all that sort of shit. That's how they're gonna boost the connectivity around the place. But um, I think there was another picture of it further down. Yeah, these are some of the uses, right? So I'll just quickly say so use cases here. Maruchidor City Centre offers opportunities to trial next generation digital services across a wide range of industry sectors. The possibilities are limitless, but early examination has identified a number of possible use cases that could benefit from the network's infrastructure. Examples include sporting events, crowd management, transport management, real-time asset tracking. I mean, just just change what they say when they when they say transport management, right? And in the little link they've got here, real-time asset tracking, like you, that could be also, they they can see us as assets, right? You know what I mean? So that they could be tracking us in a sense. Crowd management, we've got sporting events, crowd management, utilities, infrastructure maintenance, augmented reality and on-demand learning, augmented reality. Um, logistics and, and deliveries, autonomous vehicles, travel and, travel and tourism, Digital wayfinding, eh, not really fuss on all, that one. It's all such speak, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, urban here we go. Urban transport, geofencing, and pedestrian safety. Look at that geofencing. No, so I've got some information coming up about that shortly. Crowd management again. Ubiquitous broadband communication in congested environments. Remote collaboration. High definition virtual reality, sport and entertainment again. Fan engagement, really. Uh, aged care, remote health monitoring. Mm, awesome. Um, I think the people who write this BS, they just, it's all chat GBT type text. <laughs> yeah, you're it probably is. right about it, that, it, mate. Seriously, man, it is. It's like it's, it's all inane, chat GBT. It's there's just, no personality behind it. Yeah, I know what you mean. No, yeah. it's all computer speak. That's mm, all 100%. it is. hundred percent, yeah. You know. Oh, here we go. This is what I want to show you. Here it is. What is this picture? This picture is a... Oh, look, it's just a light pole. Light pole. LED, an LED light pole, of course, uh, with NEMA 7 7-pin seven socket. I don't even know what that is. NEMA 7-pin socket, whatever it is. It's an IoT gateway as well. Internet of Things gateway. Got the 5G antenna on it. Capacity for carrier, least space, future use emerging technology so they got a big 5g uh, antenna on the pole a camera object detection camera for people vehicle cyclists counting and categorization <laughs> so track and trace basically artist projection light for events and features so they can project things on walls and advertising and all that sort of shit environmental sensor for air quality and temperature um, a traffic light traffic signal automated by analytics camera so they got a camera with Another camera. So one camera there, another camera there, one for tracking yeah. and controlling the traffic. Uh, networked car park signage. Digital. It's a digital sign, mind you. An analog sign for event information. So there's your standard banner that they would you would put up on a you know, or here's a you know the an exhibition or something like that. Uh, autonomous vehicles. You uh, vehicle to infrastructure connectivity for future use. Emerging technology. Quick release. Attach brackets both digital and analog multi-function poles remove the need for other poles and signs dual hatch capability so that's just where they get into all the shit and underground connectivity there as well but there you go that's this is what they're saying this, this is the, the the futuristic light poles that they're going to have in all these places so these are your enemies folks this is where all the shit's going to be connected to um 
So there you go. I wanted to show that one for you as well. <laughs> Let me just close that one down. Get those, get those um, wireless angle grinders ready. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yep. Cordless. Um, Cordless. Here we go. So I'll just quickly we go back to the screen share. All right. So they spoke about geofencing, right? So Smart City Sweden talks about geofencing. Geofencing is a virtual fence that controls vehicles' movements within a geographical area by restricting vehicles from moving outside specific areas such as day-to-day, -day, sorry, such as daycare facilities and schools and control the speed limit. A safer city is created. So there's the geofencing. Bit of information there. Again, links will be in the show notes. Another article here. How geofencing technology is helping in smart city developments value of geofencing for smart cities, crime prevention, event management, blah, blah, blah. All right, I'll put links again in the show notes so people can read about this. Got use cases for the development of smart city, crime prevention, advanced parking management, disaster and emergency tracking, advanced urban planning, traffic management, people's safety. Oh, it all sounds so lovely, doesn't it, Andy? All always, right, but, and it's always, always the reason to keep us safe. Yeah. So the keeping is safe is always the excuse for everything. All right. Now I wanted to just flick over to this just just quickly before we start to wind it up. Um, so recently, of course, we had the fires in Lahaina, Lahaina in Hawaii. Yeah. We then had fires devastating in Chile as well. Um, very little coverage on, on mainstream media about either of those events, to be honest. It was all social media that was uh, pumping out the stuff here. But um, let me just refresh this and I'll, I don't know if we need the sound. I'll try and I'll just up the sound a little bit for me and I'll read along with it a little bit. Because um, obviously I can't share sound at the moment. I've got to work that shit out. I did find something I can do to fix it, but I've got to pay for it. Uh, here we go. Let me just refresh that. All right, so wildfires in Chile just don't sit right with me. This guy's doing a bit of a TikTok-y kind of thing. Uh, the ex-president of Chile died in a helicopter crash recently as well. It was just before the fires. All right. He was 74 years old, dies in 70. That was at February 6th he died. Okay. He's like, why are we talking about Chile here? So southern Chile looks like this, devastated. Deadly wildfires killed over 112 people, ravaged through the areas of southern Chile. All right. <clears throat> All right, so why are we talking about this? Thousands of homes were destroyed in the flames, which swept through the hilly settlements around the resort town of Viña del Mar starting Friday. Propelled by high winds, regional state of emergency was declared, blah, blah, blah. Curfew imposed. All right. So the same energy institutions that were involved in rebuilding Maui, we're in Lahaina there, just so happened to have their fourth LA conference in, on sustainable development of energy, water, and environment systems was held on the 14th to the 17th of January, 2024, in, you guessed it, Vina del Mar in Chile. <laughs> like, how crazy is that? And remember, if you cast your mind back to Hawaii and Lahaina there, they also had a big conference talking about how 
they're going to make Maui Hawaii's first smart city as well. And these big conferences just before all the fires ripped through there as well. All right. So why are they interested in Vigna del Mar? So Vigna del Mar is considered Chile's top city to live in, work in and visit and ranks second behind only Santiago for education. Mm. So a whole bunch of other pros here about why Vina del Mar is nearby, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's 11th best city for doing business in Latin America. Several of Chile's top-ranking universities are located in or have branches set up in Vina del Mar. Uh, has a per capita GBT of nearly 16,000 US dollars. So it's a wealthy area. All right. Uh, so Hitachi, right? Put up a web put up a website page a couple of months ago that stated Maui was supposed to be the first integrated smart city. Oh, sorry, smart island, I should say. So why is that interesting? He says smart city business Chile headquarters is of course going to be located in Vina del Mar. <laughs> so, we're just seeing a pattern here, Andy. You know, we've seen this time and time again, this same pattern. I've yep. got an area that's not yep. going to comply with the wanting to have a smart city or anything to do with that sort of stuff. Or if they don't want to do it, or if there's things that are in the way, infrastructure that's in the way, or they want to restart things, what do they do? They burn the fucking thing down, don't they, mate? <laughs> So, All our military assets. Yeah, yep. And it's just, um, so. and it's not like it's a it's a coincidence. Like you can see the pattern. Like they go and have these big conferences and talk about having a smart city and all this new agenda and this is the the way of the future. We're going to set this up in this new in this town that we've got here. And you know some of these places are like, well, you know. They're reluctant to have this. They don't want this. The, the, you know, if they want to put, um, you know, they do these town meetings where the citizens can go and go, yeah, you know what, you, you plan to do this. Well, we don't want it. Sorry, it doesn't go through. Well, when the whole place gets burned to the ground, they're going to rebuild it the way they fucking want to, aren't they, mate? That's that's just how it seems to go. And we've seen this time and time again. So Chile, uh, Hawaii was no different. Chile was no different. Uh, I get a little bit worried, Andy, when we start to see this. You know, we saw the fires in Australia, and I think you know we were one of the early ones. I think before us was, funnily enough, Paradise County over in uh, California copped the big fires, and now that's that, that's now like a big smart city over there now. Um, yeah, when they did the rebuild, it's re being, being being rebuilt as a smart city. Um, obviously, here in Australia, what did we talk about? We talked about new smart cities being developed along high-speed rail areas all where the fires were in those same areas and when they didn't when the fires didn't work what happened after the fires andy Flood. the floods that's right <laughs> if they can't burn them out we'll flood them out so they tried to flood them out of those areas you know what i mean oh man like it's just par for the course whenever you see these natural disasters you've really got to start asking more questions because are they natural? And you know, we've done episodes on uh, geoengineering and weather modification with Mr. Jim Lee. They've got the capability. <laughs> oh, General, man. I just, 
my thought too was like, if you're inside this, you know, the companies with these people doing this, if you have knowledge on on exactly what's going on, and and knowing how violent and aggressive these pa- people are, and like easily turn to to murder to get their own ways with things, are you going to be a whistleblower? Yeah, you fear for your life. You'd have to go into hiding, and even then, it's it's no guarantees that you'll be you'll survive if you're a exactly. whistleblower. Point. So they, they they get to the point where it's it's so violent, so aggressive that like it, it's in their mind it's unstoppable, you know, because it's like a military operation. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate, well, that's um, pretty much all I wanted to cover for, for today's show was this further advancements in the smart city agenda across the globe as well as going headlong straight into it right here in Australia, like we talked about in the beginning. Head over to TOTT News. You can see that article which Ethan and I talked about, and I will dig up that podcast where we discussed it. Sydney's first 30-minute smart city is almost here, the big Bradfield City Centre in Western Sydney area. Um, yeah, the social credit, Brisbane's offence detection system, all this sort of stuff. Marucci doors, smart city plans, geofencing. Man, it's full on, mate. It's this is the this is the way of the future, apparently. And like I said, mate, they're um they're not going to ship us off to smart cities in uh, in these areas, though they may make it seem attractive. For uh, many people, that oh look, you can go and live in these areas. You know, it's your works here, everything's here, shops are here, all the parks are here. It's all there. Don't worry, we're going to track and trace everything you fucking do, but don't worry about that. Um, or they're just going to build up, like I said, the infrastructure of the prison system around us as we speak, um, which seems to be what we're seeing in the areas where we currently live that are already populated. Like I don't see, to be honest, and I'll say it. Knock on wood, though, I don't see massive fires coming through, you know, Logan, which is huge. You know, Logan City as a as a, as a mini city itself is already a fucking 30-minute city, to be honest, you know, adjacent to Brisbane City. I don't see big fires sweeping through this, devastating everything, so they can then rebuild it another way. No, they're not going to do that. They're, they're just going to re- in, in, uh, install the new monitoring smart uh, stuff the system around us like you already look mate you go to any major road you'll you just it's just every intersection is like camera 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 even on even on long roads like i go up johnson road which is you know heads it's like a connector to almost to ipswich in a sense you can go to ipswich area from from browns plains up to johnson road there and um the, like in a couple of spaces there's massive big like 20 meter high pole with a camera on top you know to monitor traffic most likely but it's just monitoring and probably license plate reading as well you know like they've got all this tech it's just gradually being put up around us and we see this all the time i've spoken to some of the listeners who have emailed me about and said yeah i see it myself i see these cameras going up everywhere it's it's so hard to drive around to certain areas just to try and avoid a camera because there's that many going up now you you can't you you almost cannot go anywhere without avoiding I mean trying to avoid being seen or detected by some sort of camera watching you. Yeah, um, 
yeah, it's full on, mate. Like I said, it's it, the, the the prison system is being built up around us. So hopefully, you know, if any of this sort of stuff starts getting implemented, that the people will start to speak up and go to these council meetings or or will you know start putting things in place where we go, you know what, if you're going to put these things up, we're going to tear them down. We will have vigilantes here. Come and do the same thing, you know, like the ULES cameras over there in England. Um, you're going to put this stuff up and try and try and control us with fines and say we can, can't drive in this area? Well, I need to. This is where I work and live. You know what I mean? You're going to fine me for driving in my own fucking area? Well, yeah, we're going to take your fucking cameras down so you can't do that until you learn that we don't want this thing. You know, listen to us. That's the hope well, anyway. That's, <laughs> that's the hope, you know, but like as each generation rolls through, like the apathy level increases. Yeah. And that's just a fact. Yeah. Mate, well, they can't even get weather predictions right. So um you know, and they've got all they've got all the monitoring and radar and the tech in the world to be able to do that sort of stuff. And they can't get that right. So I don't really have any hope of of them being able to put up all this infrastructure and the tech to track and trace us to to benefit us in any way. It's not about benefiting us. You know what I mean? It's going to be about benefiting them in earning money and using us as a, as a form of revenue once again, like the chattel that we are. Well, our data, our, our shopping habits, our, you know, movements and everything like that is basically like up for the highest bidder. So, you know, like, you, you know, so. you're not benefiting from it at all. Like, it's no, just... Whoever collects the data then sells it off. That's just how it works. Yeah, I'm going to do a quick search now. I'm sure our boy has written about this oh, over at TOTT News. Yeah, my microphone's in the way. Oh, come on. Let's just try it. It's either him or maybe I saw it over at Corporate Report or something. Let me just quickly check see if Ethan's got something first. Uh, no. He's got a few different articles similarly related to tracking and tracing. You know, Australia and New Zealand test are the test ground for the new techno-fascism. That's basically what it is. That's literally the crux of what we've been talking about is techno-fascism. Um, no, he hasn't got anything there. That let me just do a quick search over at the Corbett Report because I'd like to link it if it's um if it's there. I'm sure, and I can know I've heard the phrase in one of our outlets or something somewhere with regards to this. So just before we wrap it up, I'll see if I can quickly find it. Data is the new oil. Let's see if he's got something there. Don't know if it's searching. Is it searching? Here we go. Uh, oh, he's done an actual episode on it. There we go. Episode 324 of the Corporate Report. You can listen to it this, in this follow-up to his documentaries, which are great documentaries, actually, the How and Why Big Oil Conquered the World. 
James further explores the concept of technocracy. If data is the new oil, then what does that tell us about the 21st century oligarchy and the world that they are creating? And once we understand that technocratic prison they are creating, how do we escape it? Don't miss this important episode of the Corporate Report podcast, Data is the New Oil. Um, yeah, I'll include that. I might actually refresh my memory and listen to that one uh, while I'm working tomorrow. But there you go. I'll put a link in the show notes that one as well. All those tabs will be there below in the show notes of the episode. Andy, um, anything you want to finish up on um, on for uh, for today's show at all, mate? Or are you good to go? No, uh, I think that was well covered. Um, yeah, no, no, I've got nothing further, General. Cool. All right, let me do oh, Am I screen sharing still? No, I'm not. Okay. Cool. All right, brother. Well, thanks again for um, for your time today, mate. It's good to catch up with you. Um, enjoy the boat. Hey. <laughs> Planes, trains, and automobiles here with you. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll tell you what, if you, well, if you can't get a plane to get us out of Dodge when the shit hits the fan, I guess you'll be uh, left with to find out where you've got it docked, mate. We'll meet you there. <laughs> Put me in a rubber dinghy in the back of it and you can tow me around. <laughs> uh, all right, Captain we'll catch up Captain Andy. That's what we'll have to call you. You are the captain. That's right. Captain or Admiral. Yeah, if I'm the general, you can be the Admiral. You can be the Admiral. <laughs> it sounds good, Admiral Andy. I can't be above you, Jim. No, you'd be on par, just a different. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We're all good, brother. All right, mate. Good to chat to you again, brother, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, mate.
Reminded me with science. 